We are back with another episode of TA at Home with Barry and Callie. This is Barry. And this is Callie. And today we don't have any guests. It's just the two of us. Um, just the two of us. <laughs> okay. And Wait, that could be our intro song. Oh, yeah. I like that. Good idea. Um, but today we're going to talk about a different topic, one that we haven't touched on yet before, but one that's super important to both of us and to Medline. Um, we're going to talk about mental health. Barry and I, you know, through the last six months have both struggled with weeks, days, months, where, years, you know, yeah, years, where you feel low. And I mean, years is a good thing to call out because you and I think have both struggled with this our entire lives. And now it's even more kind of in the forefront because there's a lot of triggers happening for people who struggle struggle with mental health, right? Being stuck inside, um, you know, not being able to go out and always see friends and family and get hugs and, and, you know, some of the love you need when you're going through something like this. So it can all make it even seem a little bit bigger. So we thought it would be good to just come together and kind of talk about our experiences and what we do to make ourselves feel better um, or not feel better, Um so that hopefully you can connect to that or not, or you see someone, you know, is struggling with something similar and maybe you can help them. Yeah. I think that's a good point because I think, I think people sometimes mistake the difference between mental illness and mental health, right? Because everybody has mental health and not everybody struggles with their mental health, but whether you've struggled with your mental health in the past or you're struggling with it first time because of the 2020 circumstances, I just think it's a really important topic to talk about and to be comfortable talking about because I think sometimes people um, shy away from the topic or there's the stigma around the topic. And I just think the more we talk about it, the easier it becomes for others to talk about it too. Totally. And even if you're not someone who struggles with mental health, you know, as significantly as maybe you and I have expressed we do, um, everyone has a bad day right or just a day where there's no reason for you to feel bummed out and crappy but you do and maybe there is a reason and that's okay too um but you know just making it a place where you can talk about it yeah for sure and I think Kelly we don't agree on much we don't see eye to eye on many topics but I think one shared interest or hobby (laughs) if you call it that we have together is therapy I think going to therapy mm-hmm. is one of is both of our favorite hobbies <laughs> I, I would agree <laughs> um, it's, it's a big one for us when somebody asks what my favorite hobby is I always think of therapy um I, yeah and I totally. think I just think like I want to just take a moment to like help to demystify the concept of going to therapy because even I was guilty of this younger more naive Barry of thinking that if I, going to therapy means that I have this huge problem or um that there's this huge underlying issue or whatever it is that only a therapist can help me solve. And sometimes that's definitely true for some people, but I also think everyone could benefit from therapy, whether you have trauma or one specific issue that you need to talk to or not. Sometimes it's just really nice to spend an hour talking about literally whatever you want to talk about with someone who's kind of forced to listen to you. And <laughs> it's, 
I don't know. It's, I mean, this is going to sound silly, but it's really therapeutic to go to therapy. And I just think more people should do it and not be so afraid of it. No, it definitely is. I feel like some of my best, like, it feels weird to call them therapy sessions, but I guess I will. Like some of my best sessions have been when I was like going in with like, I have nothing to talk about. And like, I've like, I should just cancel. And then you get there and, you know, by the end of it, you're crying your eyes out and feel this huge sense of relief. (laughs) Like you have all the answers. And then, you know, a week later you realize you don't, but at least you have that, that really strong week where you feel really good. It's just really good to talk about it with someone who like, we talk to our friends and we talk to our families and we vent to everybody about our problems or when we have a bad day, but it's just a whole nother level to be able to vent to someone or talk to someone about something you're struggling with, who is, it's literally their jobs to listen to you and help you work through that scenario. So just talking to a professional about something, it's just a whole nother level and something I think everyone could benefit from no matter how big or small your challenges are. Well, right. And I think the the biggest benefit, right, is it's an unbiased party. Like they don't know your family and your friends or the people you're talking about and the things you're struggling with. And, and so in its sense, it really does become more about like your feelings and what you're going through. And I think that's sometimes how people get into the situation because you care so much about other people and you should, right? Like you want the people around you to be happy and they're going through stuff. But sometimes that can take away from just like your feelings about something. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I, what I love most about my therapy sessions is like, I'm the main character and I'm always the main character. So you would love that. It does. I do. Because it doesn't give my therapist a chance to say, well, this is what Callie is thinking about this moment. Like it's not about Callie for that hour. It's about me and it's about how I process the moment and how I'm processing next steps in the moment. And it's all about. How often do I get brought up in your therapy? (laughs) (laughs) You've definitely been brought up a couple of times, but never in a negative way. And oh, that's good. <laughs> um, probably not as often as you probably would think. Sorry. Okay. Well, um, no. <laughs> but I do bring good. up work a lot in my therapy sessions. I think that mm-hmm. we all have jobs, especially in 2020, um, especially if you're working in HR, that have been, we've been called upon in ways we never really have before to support our employees. And I think that we can't forget that we have to take time to ourselves for ourselves also. And mm-hmm. so I think. 2020 or not I think talking to a therapist about your own jobs or your own life is just as important speaking of oh my I just completely forgot what I was gonna say well it, it, it's I, I, one of the things you have on the outline here is what's the best piece of advice your therapist ever gave you and I think mine goes along with that and it's no is a complete sentence mm-hmm. and I think that's a really important thing for people to remember because if you know, somebody asks you to do something or take work out of it, right? Like go somewhere, do something and you don't want to, like it's, you don't need to have an excuse every time or any like reasoning behind it. Like you can just say no <laughs> and yeah. it, it can be as simple as that. And I think again, in, in certain cases you want, you just, you're, I, I know I'm a people pleaser. I think you are too, right? And you want to be there for everyone, but sometimes you need to be able to say no in the way that like, okay, I need to take care of myself now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The best piece of advice my therapist ever gave me, I have two. The first one is that, so 
some people probably know this about me others probably don't but she told me that I shouldn't so I'm like a worrier. I'm always anxious. I'm always worrying about things. And she told me that instead of trying to stop worrying, I should just limit the amount of time I spend each day worrying. And so she literally told me to start scheduling time into my days to worry. So like, <laughs> it, it sounds funny, but the, but really like, so if five o'clock every day is my worrying hour, then if before five o'clock I start to worry or spiral or think about something way too much, I just say, okay, I'm going to pause on this thought and think about it again at five o'clock. And the point is that by the time five o'clock rolls around, you probably forgot most of the things you were actually worrying about, or they just aren't relevant anymore. Um, So it it doesn't take away the worrying that you do if you're an anxious person like me, but it does limit the amount of time you spend worrying throughout the day. And I think it just helps for a more productive day and a more productive life. So I wanted to share that tip with everyone. The second most genius thing my therapist ever taught me, and this was more when I was younger, but I used to hate eating breakfast um because I never liked (laughs) like scrambled eggs or like like anything that was like considered a healthy breakfast option just wasn't a viable option for me but I was trying to be healthy and she told me like you know that you're like under no federal law to follow like common American traditional breakfast rules like if you want to have a peanut butter and jelly for breakfast if you want to have chicken for breakfast you can do that And literally that changed my life. Like I thought, oh my God, my insurance is spending all of this money for me to go to therapy just to hear that like I could have peanut butter and jelly for breakfast. Well, I think there's other things, but. (laughs) Well, yeah, but it's true. It was. No, that's exactly what I say. Like therapy doesn't always like, certainly it's there for when you've got like really big shit going on in your life. Right. But I think that's sometimes like, and I've been guilty of this too. In the moments where I'm like, okay, well, I'm good right now. So I'm just going to take a break, right? Save some money, not go. Cause I've like got it under control. And every time I do that, as soon as I go back, I'm like, I did not have shit under control. Like, because there's always stuff to talk about, right? It does what I was originally saying. It doesn't all have to be like big huge momentous things going on in your life it's like the day-to-day sucks and is hard to get through and is rough and and it's like getting an oil change right like you wouldn't just your car is doing great so I don't need to get an oil change right like that doesn't make sense it's it's for upkeep and to make sure everything's running correctly and to make sure you don't have like a huge issue where your motor breaks down right because when you don't do the work and you know the preventative stuff it is only a matter of time before you explode. Why do you think more people don't go to therapy? I think a lot of it is that, right? Like people think like, oh, I don't need therapy because like, I don't have a ton going on. Like what, you know, what would I talk about? Like, yeah, I've got stress at work, but everyone's got stress at work. You know, I don't have any big momentous thing going on in my life. So I think that's one reason. And they don't realize, again, what a therapist can do for just that day to day that everybody has. But I also think that sometimes people are like afraid of what they may (laughs) find out. And I mean, it is, it's sitting in front of a giant mirror and forcing yourself to nitpick in some ways, everything about yourself. Yeah. And I think like my biggest takeaway from therapy more recently even is you don't go there to get the answers and you don't go there to get advice. No, your therapist is not going to tell you what to do but he or she is going to help you 
get there yourself and totally. help you answer your own questions and help you decide the course of your own life. And yeah. sometimes if you got a that therapist that is giving you life advice, you you're you're probably you probably want to shop around a little bit. <laughs> okay, can we talk about that for a second? Because if yes. anyone's listening and they haven't gone to therapy yet and somehow after this episode we have convinced you to do it, mm-hmm. I do want to preface that finding the right therapist is unfortunately a little bit like finding a significant other and mm-hmm. you have to shop around and you have to go through a lot of therapists mm-hmm. to find the one. It's kind of like dating up front. I think I went to maybe like 10 therapists before I finally found the one that just resonated with me. And the reason I knew that this person was the one for me is I was in, is was seeing a, a previous therapist for a few sessions and I really liked her. We were kicking it off, but she could, she kept giving me this advice. Like you said, if, if it was, if someone's giving you advice, you're probably with the wrong person. And the advice was so tactical and little, it just kept bothering me. Like, she's like, Oh, are you feeling depressed? You should go to the park district and find a pottery class. And I'm like, listen, lady, my problems are not going to be solved from pottery. And she kept giving it to me. And so I'm like, I got to find someone new. So when I find my new therapist, I'm like, I'm having a hard time finding a therapist that I can connect with. And she's like, well, why? And I told her my, my previous therapist just kept telling me to go take pottery classes And she laughed and was like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And that is how I knew that this was the right therapist for me. So you really just have to shop around to find the right one. Well, and I think there's very much a difference between advice and tools, right? Like, those are two different things. Like, you should never have a therapist who's like, oh, you need to go tell this is the problem you're having with Tina. You need to go tell Tina this, you know, like, that's when you're probably not in the right situation. It's more about finding the tools within yourself, like, Okay, how is Tina making you feel? Why is Tina making you feel that way? Now, what do you want to do with that knowledge, right? It's yes. like pulling that stuff out of you. That is important. There's a big difference between them giving you tools. Yeah, and, and I would say I am also not in a committed relationship with a therapist. I've done that before. Um, but I think it's also good. Like I've got like kind of a bench, I would call it. <laughs> And there's, (laughs) there's certain people I go to because I know they're going to be good for this situation. You know, Mm -hmm. like I've got my general oil change therapist and then I've got my therapist for when I'm struggling with like, you know, a family thing or like a, a really, like one of my biggest issues. I know you have this on your list of like, what do you really get anxious about? And one of my biggest things, I have like probably the most severe death anxiety of anyone I've ever met. <laughs> like in any time I have conversations with people, they're just like, no, I don't, I don't think that way. I don't, I don't have those fears. So I feel like it's like that it, to me is like my biggest one that like stands out. So like I have a therapist who kind of specifically I go to when I'm really struggling with that. That is I, I think that's actually really smart to have a bench of therapists because it's kind of like having a friend. Like you go to mm-hmm. different friends for different things. If mm-hmm. you need advice about one thing, you might not go to the same friend about the other thing. Um, but no, I agree. I, I have one oil change therapist, but I, I also feel like I definitely have this team of mental health professionals that are trying to just right. <laughs> get my life together. So exactly. it's exactly. great. But okay, so if we, I think just part of like destigmatizing mental health and destigmatizing therapy is just talking about experiences. And you started talking about how you have anxiety about death. And I think that talking about things that we're anxious about is a good idea. So I want to share that I have, like, I don't know, I have 
the weirdest anxiety where I find myself spiraling into thoughts sometimes about death or like I live alone I know we both live alone so I'm always like triple checking that my door is locked when I go to bed at night I lock my bedroom door too just in case the murderer breaks into my apartment door he'll have to also break into my bedroom door and then I'm like lying in bed sometimes and I find myself like knocking on wood a lot because I know it's like a superstitious thing to like knock on wood. If you haven't heard about that, that is a thing. No, I know knock well, on wood, but I, I didn't, okay, I didn't quite connect. Like, well, I didn't connect why you were doing it at night. Well, I'll tell you because okay. I, if any time I have this thought like, oh my God, I'm going to die in my sleep or oh my God, a murderer is going to come in and kill me. I think that in order to like reverse that thought or put it take it out of the universe I have to knock on wood and knocking on wood will make it not happen so I'm not kidding if you picture me going to sleep at night but by the time I get in bed to the time I actually fall asleep I have knocked on my nightstand probably seven times yours is a lot healthier than mine because for some effed up reason mine is to go watch like snapped or oxygen like murder stuff and here's the thing like uh I know there's a lot of my favorite murder listeners out there it is a, a, a comedy murder podcast, but they also talk a lot about mental health. And it was listening to them say that they did the same thing. And it was like, oh, my gosh, I found my people. Right. Like when you have like that, like you get that scared about something and like you're so afraid of it. Like I that stuff soothes me because it makes me feel a in some ways that I'm like more prepared in like a weird way like because I've watched so much of this shit like if something does happen like I'll have a little bit of an extra chance to survive but then the other piece is just like since it's so ingrained in my life like there's like this weird part of my brain that's like well it probably won't happen to me (laughs) which I know is beep it makes no sense but it's how my brain works it's so weird because this just explains how people deal with mental health in different ways but we both have the same fear which is like somehow we're gonna die or someone's gonna kill us Mm -hmm. and you cope with it by watching murder shows and listening to murder podcasts to get prepared and i cope with it by staying far away from that stuff as humanly possible right which is probably way healthier (laughs) if i watch a criminal minds episode on accident which sometimes happen happens i am fully convinced for the next like seven to ten business days that that episode is going to happen to me in real life I so i just can't even so much. not only can i not watch scary stuff but if it is even on tv i have to change the channel before i turn off my tv because i don't want it like playing in the background of my off tv well and i also think part of why i lean into the murder stuff is because that when i think about my death anxiety it really that's a very small piece of it i'm like my death anxiety comes more from just like I'm gonna just die for no reason (laughs) like like I'm just gonna not wake up the next day like that that for me is way scarier than like a murder coming in I think that's a real fear I think we'd be shocked to find out that a lot of people actually have that type of anxiety occasionally I'll talk to someone who's like oh yeah I I feel that way too but I feel like more often than not when I like publicize this I get a lot of people like geez it sucks that you're dealing with all that and that's okay like I get it it's weird (laughs) yeah no it's true let's can we talk about the concept of a mental health day and self-care because I have two things I want to say about this one I think I think people need to take more mental health days and I think it doesn't mean we need extra vacation days. You have your PTO days for a reason. And I think you should repurpose some of those for a mental health day. And I don't think I don't think this is specific to Medline. I think it's any working professional out there in the world often feel like their PTO days are for the days that they're sick and the days that they're on vacation. And I think especially in 2020, 
we're not going on vacation most of the time. And I think that you have your PTO days and you should use them once in a while for a mental health day. It's okay to take a day off work to do nothing. Um, you don't, I feel like I, I only feel take guilty mental about that. I feel like the only PTO I take is mental health days. Okay, well then you may be the exception because <laughs> I feel like more people need to take mental health days. Well, especially think- now in 2020 when you can't go on vacation, right? Like in that sense, like a vacation is your mental health day, right? If you're, well, I guess maybe not if you have like seven well, kids, I just think but... people, I think there's some level of like guilt or stigma associated with it. It's like, if you wake up tomorrow and you have the stomach flu, you're going to lay in bed all day to make your stomach feel better and you're not going to work. Mm-hmm. If you wake up tomorrow and your mind doesn't feel good or your brain's not in a good place, you have just as much every right to lay in bed every day, all day. And help your mind and your brain feel better too. It's just as important as your stomach. And I totally agree. Kind of forget that. But also, so on the concept of that, it's just sometimes you just need a, a moment of self-care. And I think people mm-hmm. always think that self-care is like going to a spa and getting a facial or putting it can on, be. It can't and it can be, but it can also be lying in bed all day watching murder shows or watching mm-hmm. Gilmore Girls. Well, and it could all I mean, it could be too, like if Sometimes when you're having a a certain mental health issue or you're needing a mental health day, right, or even if you are struggling with mental illness, sometimes, like, what you need physically is to lay in bed all day. But then there's also people, like, it's okay to take a mental health day and go for a hike or go to a workout class or go to a movie, you know, or go on vacation, like, decide, like, hey, I need a weekend away by myself to unwind and lay by the pool. Like, I don't think there's a wrong way to necessarily embrace a mental health day. It's like whatever's going to make you feel good and help reset you, that's what you should do. If it's eating Ben and Jerry's and watching Gilmore Girls all day, get through it. But if it's, again, like treating yourself to a spa day or spending a little extra money on shopping, you know, like, I think that's okay, too. Yeah, I think self-care looks different. For everyone and I think it could look different for everyone in different moments right. well when I life. like when I planned my solo vacation a couple of years ago I, I think probably 80% of people were like what <laughs> you're going alone on vacation like alone like you're not going with anyone I was like yeah and then 20% of people were like that's dope <laughs> I want to do that but it was yeah. the it was the minority of people who thought what I was doing was cool. A majority were like, why would you ever want to do that? And it's like, because it's somewhat of like a stigma around it. Like that is you taking a break for your mental health and you're doing it alone and that's your self care. And other people are like, I never even thought that I would do that. And well, it was an option it's for me. funny because I was talking to my therapist about it when all that was going on. And I was like, I just am so irritated because there's certain people that are like, Oh, mm. oh, honey, like, don't you want to bring a friend? You know, like that kind of shit. It's like so irritating. Like I actually like to be by myself. I'm a pretty entertaining person. I I bring myself joy. I take myself to fancy restaurants to get expensive food. I take myself to lay by the pool and have french fries at 9 a.m. Like I treat myself good. And I struggle <laughs> with that because I love to be alone. But I am also so incredibly like needy and attention seeking that I struggle with that because I don't want to be with other people. I just want to know that other people like want to be with me. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't want to go, but I want to be invited. Yeah. That is how I feel. I get that. I I definitely never want to go. <laughs> I, just, I just don't. I I just love being alone. Yeah. <laughs> I again, that's like I'm I'm staying at my mom's house for the last couple of weeks, and it's like really having to get used to having roommates again. You know, like, it, it, and it's my mom and my brother, but it's still it's like, wow, yeah. this is a like shift you have to do in your brain when you've gotten comfortable with a certain way of living. You know, yeah. Well, the biggest thing for me. I have a lot of mental health issues. I'll be the first to admit it. But the biggest thing for me in 2020 was with transitioning to remote work and also living alone was I loved living alone. I love coming home after a long day at work and being by myself. But now that I'm home all day by myself and the only interaction I really get is through phone, email and videos is I was struggling in the beginning of 2020, missing that social aspect of being in the office so it was like constantly alone and that's where it became very overwhelming mm-hmm. for me in in this year yeah but yeah. it's cool now well yeah because I think we've as a company but honestly just as a humanity has like adapted right never in history of my career at Medline would I have ever had video on during a vendor call <laughs> and and they've been on zoom they've been on you know, whatever, but like, I never would have even thought to turn my video on. And this is when I was at work where I was at least barely like would have at least had makeup Looks on. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Now a vendor calls me and my hair is still wet from the shower this morning. I've got zero makeup on. I'm like, Hey, how you doing? Here's my face. Here's what I look like. You know? Yeah, it's true. Um, we should spend a little bit of time just talking about some of the resources that Medline does have available on this topic so if you are listening and you're wondering what can medline do for me how can medline help um there are resources available for you you've probably heard of our um, eap or employee assistance program if you haven't you can go on the source to find resources about it but there are 24 7 talk lines available for you to connect with a therapist not just about mental health but other things like financial assistance if you're looking to buy a house or EAP is a really good resource if you don't know where to start, right? Because it can be very overwhelming. Like, how do I find someone? What kind of therapist do I want? You know, what do I really, what am I looking for? And what do I need from whoever I choose, right? Um, Because it might take you down different paths, right? Maybe you need a psychiatrist. Maybe like, there's a lot of different kind of avenues you can take. And I think picking up the phone and making that first call is like your first step to like, being able to get some research and have somebody who can partner with you and get you to the right place. And that's literally the hardest part. The hardest part is picking up the phone and making the call. Once you do that, everything else is very easy from there. Well, I think it's important to you to like, you know, talk therapy I found is something that really works for me. But like, if you're not comfortable with that yet, like there's so many other avenues you can take too. you know, like, yeah, you had a therapist who was like telling you to go do pottery and stuff. But There's certainly like when I'm working out a little more or eating better, like that can definitely affect my everyday feelings. Like I still need talk therapy, like that I I made that selection. But like if your way of like dealing with mental health is yoga, then like good on you. That if 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 going to a 
you know, yoga class really resets you and makes you feel good, like, then maybe you don't need to jump right to therapy, right? Like, keep doing what you're doing, do what works for you, do what you're comfortable with. Yeah, the important thing is there's not one way to deal with your mental health. The important thing is that you're just dealing with it and you're dealing with it in the way that works for you. And it's not going to be the same for what as what your friends are doing. It's not going to be the same as what works for Callie and I. You just have to, you have to find what helps you reset and what helps you keep keep a healthy mind because I think that's it's an important note because you can't have a healthy mind without a healthy body and you can't have a healthy body without a healthy mind so you have to take care of yourself from wellness perspective in all areas Medline just created a a wellness Yammer page where we can all collaborate on some of these these things together so if you're interested in in joining that group just reach out to one of us and we we can connect you with the link I guess to summarize I just my thoughts here are, I think 2020 or not, I think mental health is so important. I don't think it can go ignored, whether you're having a bad day or a bad month, or you just, you're struggling with something bigger. I think it's just about talking to someone, not being afraid to reach out. You don't have to, you don't have to go through whatever you're going through by yourself and Mm -hmm. you can find a professional who can help you, um, navigate this because you know I think that's another thing I think sometimes people think my problems aren't big enough for therapy or I'm too embarrassed to share what it is that I really think and feel Um, but that's really the first step towards feeling better totally and I I think another just in closing too is you know you may not be someone who feels they need therapy and and you you're probably right right like you've you've found other tools and and ways to kind of again reset your mind and make sure you have healthy mental health healthy mental health um but if you know sometimes even what can be harder is seeing people around you who are struggling with mental health and I think that in itself too is a reason to call EAP or talk to someone because that can sometimes be even more debilitating than struggling it with struggling with it yourself you know like I've definitely had um you know my bad days right those days don't compare to the ones where people I love are having bad days like that Mm -hmm. sometimes is harder to deal with because when it's you you know you can work with your therapist or you know what tools you've been given and you can kind of focus on that but when it's somebody else it's it's very hard to give somebody who's struggling with mental illness and mental health like it's hard to give them exactly what we're saying therapists don't do, which is advice, right? And that's what you want to do. You want to make somebody feel better, but that's not always a tool you're going to have. And so you need to take care of yourself first. That's another thing a therapist once told me is there's a reason on an airplane when the oxygen masks come down, they tell you to put it on yourself first before your family and loved ones. Like You can't yeah, take you care can't. of the people around you if you're not also considering you know, what's going on with you and your feelings about it. Yeah. You can't pour from an empty, you can't pour from an empty right. cup. Um, and I think if you, if you do notice that a friend or a coworker is struggling with something, I, you know, don't be afraid to reach out and just, and, and, you know, you don't have to solve their problems for them, but you can ask what role you can play in, in helping them get right. some support. And, and, and I think and that's I, important. I mean, I think it goes without saying, don't be like, are you having a manic episode? But, <laughs> but like, right. just being like, you know, Hey, is everything good? Like, you know, how can I, how can I help you? Right. Like stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Anything else? Yeah. 
No, I think it's so just this was new for TA at home. Something different. Yeah, it definitely was new. I, I hope if it if it can help one person, I think that, that I would consider this episode a success. So I just think keep talking about it. Talk about it with your manager, talk about it with your friends, talk about it with your peers. I just think we all we it's okay to not be okay. It's been a tough year and reach out for help when you need it. Totally. This is Barry. Bye.